0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Men of Ann Arbor podcast brought to you by the good people at New Amendment. I'm Stuart Douglas. We got Nick Nick Stauskas with us, as usual. We got special guest, first guest of the show, Spike Albrecht. Spike, what's going on, man? What's happening, fellas? I appreciate you guys having me on. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. I got to know, and we just pointed out, I just saw right before we hit record, is that a dream catcher?
1: Because my sister used to have one in her room, or is that a net? (laughs) Um, little bit of both, man. It was uh, it's definitely a basketball net, but it it doubles as a dream catcher. Um, it was something I I got when I was really little, you know, and it was super cool when I was like, you know, nine or oh, ten. Yeah. Uh, now I'm thirty, so I'm not sure it's quite as cool, but uh, it's still something I've I've kind of always brought with me everywhere I go. Is it a specific net? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I think my parents like my parents like lied to me, and I think they told me it was like. Something really cool, but I'm sure they just got it from like Dick's Sporting Goods, you know, when when I was a little kid. But I think I thought it was like some infamous net.
2: I was yeah. I was assuming it was it was the net from the Louisville game from the first half. That was that's my the guess. What I thought.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. I don't. I don't think that's it. I think Luke, Luke Hancock's got that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I
2: think of it, he probably does have that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Was there nothing more disappointing than like winning anything in high school or college and you got to cut the next down and then you got this little piece of net and then you
1: never kept them? Does anybody have any of those? Yeah. I have one somewhere. We got, what was it? It was uh, the Final Four net, right? And it's like everybody wore the backwards hats and you get like a string. Yeah, yeah. Like Mm -hmm. this big. And then Coach B's got the whole thing around his neck. I was like, and I was a little freshman at the time. And I was like, damn, I wish I I cut a bigger piece of the net. That would have been really cool.
2: Yeah. Same here. I think the one I did have was when we we won the our sophomore year together. We won the Big Ten um regular season. And after that home game against Indiana, we cut the nets down. And I remember I cut I cut a piece of the net off. I and I was like, Man, I'm gonna keep this and then, you know, you move years go on. I've lived in like twenty different cities and I'm like, Yeah, I have no idea where that where that is anymore, but I wish I could, I wish I kept that stuff. I wish I did. Or like the
0: reverse is the NCAA watches they'd give you and you had no point for them, but you still have them somewhere in the basement that are just absolutely worthless. I think I gave mine to my dad once as like a sentimental piece. And he kind of looked at me like I was an idiot. <laughs> it's like, what are yeah. you doing? I don't want this at all. <laughs> like nobody wants this stuff.
1: Yeah. I've, no. I've got like four or five of them somewhere. I don't think any of them even work. Um, <laughs> But I remember I was super, like, I was super pissed after we lost to Louisville. And I think somebody just completely made this up. But we got, like, Fossil watches. So that was- oh, yeah. And, like, somebody was like, yeah, I heard, like, Louisville got Rolexes. And I was like, are you <laughs> kidding me? And there's no way that's true. But, like, at the time, I was like, I was, like, more pissed about that than losing the game. I was like, dude, I was about to have a roly. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, would have been awesome. There's
0: nothing worse than what the football team got compared to what we got. Like, whenever they went to a bowl game, they got that allotment of, like, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, wherever it was, and they got, like, new stereo systems. You never heard about that, oh. Nick?
2: About that? No, I didn't hear. It. That's, that's yeah. BS, man. We, we got nothing. I mean, Bob, Bob, did, Bob did hook it up with the gear, though, come tournament time. When we were advancing, every weekend we were getting some new heat. So, I, I we got some gear, but other than that, we got nothing.
1: Some prison it doesn't make suit. any sense to me. We of
0: all people, it. Bob. And then, like... <laughs> It, cause the whole time they like kind of pose it as like it being illegal to give you more stuff. Like this is against the rules and we have an allotment and then you guys are just getting new stuff every weekend.
1: Crazy. We got, yeah, we got a lot that freshman year still. I mean, it was like, it was every weekend, you know, cause we were, we were one of the only, you know, Adidas teams like rolling past the sweet 16, us in Louisville. Yeah. So it was like, Hey man, like we got to have somebody repping our brand so yeah and i get it was cool that
2: last that last week we went to the final four we definitely got like a large shipment of like new and they were actually nice like i'm not a huge fan of adidas but the stuff we were getting was was really nice i'm like all right i guess you got to win for for you to get the top stuff from adidas otherwise you get the snickle fritz yeah i literally go to
0: bob and say hey bob i need a new pair of socks why because they have a hole in them Ugh. fine and then he go get some socks. I'm like, that sucks, it's the socks, Bob. This the cheapest Adidas socks you can buy. You know there's holes in them. You wash all this stuff. Like, why are you arguing on this? And then afterwards, I got like, the only thing I've ever gotten from Michigan is a T-shirt. After, like after I graduated. That was it. And it barely fit. I don't even know where I ha- where it is anymore.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I
0: need to go demand more stuff.
1: Yeah, dude go get in there. I don't, I never, even when I was playing, like I never asked for a lot of stuff. So I think Bobby like appreciated that. He's like, dude, you don't always bug me for free gear. I was like, yeah, man, like I'm pretty low maintenance and I'm pretty low on the totem pole here at Michigan. So I don't, I'm in no right neck, you know, Yeah. I'm not one making orders. Stout, he was getting everything he wanted though. Stop
2: it. First Stop team, it. baby. That is not true. Although I was, I was a test. I was a tester for Adidas. So I, I, I would test their shoes every year. That was the one thing I did, but the 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 shitty part about it was that um, I could only wear the test shoes in practice. So I'd wear like D Rose's shoes a year before they'd come out, or like so you know whoever was with Adidas that time, I'd wear their shoe before they come out. But I could only wear them in practice, not the games, because they they couldn't be seen by anyone. Um, so that, that it was that was something cool that they they let me do at Michigan. But um, still, to this day I'm not I'm not I'm not the biggest Adidas fan, and I feel like we. We got a little ripped off that we came before the Jordan time because, you know, now I see these guys. They got everything head to toe, get the exclusive Jordans. I, I don't have anything Jordan from Michigan. Like, I have no – I have received zero gear since I've left. So, I'll put it at that. Yeah, there's a, there's a big hey, difference. Hey, we're not, like, life. sitting here knocking them. You guys <laughs> need to just ask. Go ask, dude. You guys –
1: Bobby I'm afraid of
0: pistons. Bob. I'm just afraid of him. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. I, I got to when we go back for alumni weekend. and Spike, I do not hear anything about you. Are you going back for the Michigan State game?
1: I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm going this back. Is, I'm. I'm super excited, man. This is going to be a weekend, say at least.
0: Yeah. But yeah, maybe Fun. we go back. We just all bombard Bobby and just ask him for a bunch of stuff that he's not prepared to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just kind of want to piss it? him off like one more time. I think it would be Panic. bittersweet for me. Yeah. But I want to ask you to, I, to get you here both at the same time, I've asked Nick some questions about making those runs, kind of what the experience is like. And I didn't experience that run in 13. But to be so close and then to watch college basketball, Nick's getting back into it. It's like you've been in and out of it. But when March rolls around, like, does that pain come back or is it faded enough where, like, it's not super painful? Or, like, where, where's your barometer at with – being that close and still not
1: getting the job done all the way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, man, like it's, it still stings. Like, obviously I'm, I'm over it. It's been 10 years, but like, yeah, it's something where like, even last year when I was at, at Purdue as a GA and like, we're going through the NCAA tournament, I'm just like, man, I, I wish I had like another crack at it. Like with that, <laughs> that team we had freshman or sophomore year. Cause it's like, It would have just been so cool to tell people you won a national championship, and like knowing that there's really nothing you can do. Like looking back, it it sucks because like it's like God to get all the way to Monday night and just to let it slip through our fingers was it was uh it was tough, man. But that's that's life, dude. You don't always get what you want. What
2: what would you what would you rather have another chance at a a national championship or Kate Upton?
1: Oh, (laughs) Natty. Natty for sure. I think the Kate Upton ship has sailed, bro. Was oh, <laughs> there even a man. response? I don't even remember. No, I don't think oh. it ever got started. So yeah, no, no response. <laughs> just just no nothing. Response.
2: And I and and I wrote the tweet. I wrote the tweet yeah. for Spike, so I take credit for that. It got oh, a lot of retweets. It was on. Disaster. We turn on the TV. It was on. Pardon pardon the interruption. Um, it was all over the place. So I felt like it was, I felt like we had the groundwork done. Like she saw it. She saw your message for There's sure. There's no way she didn't see it. That's she fact. saw the message, 100%. but then she deliberately did not respond. That's the yeah. only, that's the only for part sure. that hurts. That's so. a good,
1: good business move. I right, get
2: behind the scenes. For Look, sure. I know you
0: told the story before, but like, give me like the two minutes leading up to the tweet, Nick. Why, why, why did it
2: come about that you wrote it? well, I think that, like, she was Kate Upton was behind the bench at the Louisville game. Spike yeah. goes off in the first half. Obviously, had like just single handedly pretty much carried us to a to a lead. Um, and so after the game finishes, like, me and Spike were roommates that time, so we were at the hotel after the game. And this dude's phone is this dude's phone is blowing up. Like, I've never seen anyone's phone mm-hmm. blow up pretty much became a celebrity overnight. And um, I remember the next morning, Spike was like basically saying that Tom Weirat the media guy was like saying that, you know, good morning America was like on the other line, waiting to talk to Spike, like all these different, like and I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, like, you
0: just,
2: like when is there ever going to be another opportunity where your name is like this hot? And I was like, she knows who you are. She saw you balling out. You're a good looking dude. I was like, let's give it a try. And you know, Spike's so like, nah, man, we, you know, don't, I, I don't want to do that, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, dude, give me the phone. So we write the tweet, everything. And I think I, we didn't send it right away. We were like, kind of like looking at it back and forth, waiting to send. And then eventually we hit send. And then, dude, it was crazy. It got like thousands and thousands of retweets and favorites. And, um, it was the next the next forty eight hours after that it, we lost the game, but the next forty-eight hours after that was absolutely insane. Yeah. Um,
1: right. so if, Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. Stu. If we won, I'm not sure I'd even be here talking to you guys. It was <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was crazy. It was about as much fun as you could have in a forty eight minute before. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. But yeah, it was it was a uh, it was wild. I just remember, like, after we hit send on the tweet, because I was like, oh, we just lost. Like, Coach B, you know how he is. I was like, he could not be happy about this. Mm-hmm. So, like, whatever. It's like, okay, hey, man, we, season's over. Like, what's he going to do? So, we send it. Dude, within within 15 seconds, it was just, like, tens of retweets, hundreds of retweets. The next thing in you know, like, five minutes, it's got, like, thousands of retweets and shares and comments. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, what? like, what did we just do? um but it was fun dude like a lot of great stories and obviously that stuff you look back at and just laugh like to think i was 19 years old i looked like i was like 12 yeah and i fired off a tweet like that was just stupid
2: but also i'll say that the amount of retweets and favorites you were getting was giving us a sense of confidence where we were like Yo, you might actually get with Kate Upton. Like it was, we were thinking that that was actually a possibility. It's such a good Because making
1: kid. locker room shows how stupid. Day. Yeah. How stupid we were. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, shit. That's, that's, good. Good times. that's good.
0: All right. Well, we, we're, we got Spike here. We're going to talk about a lot of Michigan stuff, but Spike's tuned in to the Purdue team. Michigan Purdue faced off. Purdue 175 to 70. Man, Michigan looked good for the first part of it. Um, but let's go ahead and move into the X's and O's. Yes, yeah, yeah. so like I said, 75-70 win for Purdue. Michigan like felt competitive. Purdue controlled the game there for a lot like they do in most all of these games. But just from a general standpoint, let me give you my BS general question like you're an oppressor. What's your, what's your feeling of this Purdue team? Like They got a lot of hype around them. And they've been playing really well. Like, what stands out to you? What impresses you the
1: most of the many things they do well? Yeah, dude. They're. I mean, they're really good. Obviously, like, there's a reason. I think they're. <clears throat> they're 21 and one, or whatever it is, and they're undefeated on the road. Um. wow. First of all, yeah. Co- coach Payne's awesome. Like, he's a really, really good coach and puts in a lot of time. He's great with, with X's and O's and preparation and like, the level at which they execute their sets is is incredible and they spend a lot of time like last year as a ga and when i played like he does he does the five on oh stuff just non-stop so that their timing and their speed's incredible now yeah. um, obviously it helps when you got zach heady he's seven mm-hmm. you know seven four like it's pretty easy to run sets when he just you know can get to wherever he needs to be and and you get a post up um zach's awesome like he's he's dominant you know what you're gonna get from him him every game But I think, like, the X factor has been the two guards, the two freshman guards, um, Braden Smith and and Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, Those two are studs, man, like, really, really good. I think Braden's super rock solid. You know, I think if he was on the team last year, Purdue probably goes to a Final Four. Um, You know, Fletcher's really good. I think they both got a lot of swag to them. They play with great poise, just a ton of confidence. Um, And I think the entire team, man, like, Stowski knows, Stu, you know, like, it's tough when you got really good players. There's a lot of egos Mm -hmm. involved, right? Like guys, they want to score their points. They want to play their minutes. Like I, I think this team's unique in that everybody on that team, all they care about is Purdue winning. And that's hard to find at the college level. Yeah. It's tough, especially guys like
0: um, Gillis coming off the bench. And, you know, there was a lot of talk of him stepping up this, this year. He hasn't quite had it, but he's still been super solid and played really hard. Um, first blown up last year at the beginning and then not quite the same, but still like tuned in and being a team player. Um, It is interesting to see like, if I've said it before, I'm not like overly blown away by Purdue. I think they're beatable, but they have that like calm, it factor is too cliche, but it's like they just have it, right? They like just do it well. And that's a big problem with Michigan is making mistakes, not executing, not being there, you know, in rotation, stuff like that. We're like, you know, the beeline way where it's just minimize mistakes. I feel like Purdue does that really well. well on both ends, like executing really well is minimizing mistakes. Like if you run a set and you're just like sloppily setting screens or not cutting right or not setting your man up, that's a mistake, no matter if people mark it down or not. So I feel like that's kind of their, their MO, like a very beeline type team that way where it's, Hey, we're, we're not going to turn over. We're going to rebound the ball. We're not going to make mistakes. And then, yeah. All right. Edie will score 30 and get 18 rebounds helps, but it seems kind of like that MO, but I don't know if Painter is like, is he that type
1: of coach? Is he similar to beeline? Or is it these guys are just kind of buying in that way? Um, you know, I think it's a bit of both. He definitely is, you know, similar in that way, like with, you know, taking care of the, the ball and value in each possession. Like he stresses that, you know, much, much like coach Beeline did, but they really, really work at it. Um, But like, I think it's, they got a great group too. Like those guys really buy in and they're young. They're seeing the success they're having. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Like obviously when you're you're winning, you're like, okay, hey, this dude must know what he's talking about, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I do, I think they're, they're super disciplined team and, um, they're, I mean, they're pretty good on the defensive end, too. Like, I, I don't know, you know, what their like statistics are, per se, but you know, I was at the game yesterday, and, and they make it hard on you, like, where you got to earn your buckets, you know, especially when you're starting two freshmen. Like, defense is hard coming into college basketball, and those guys, they do a good job, um, and then having Zach as a rim protector is huge.
2: No, I I agree, I agree with that too. Like I I had this one stat written down. I think Michigan was one point zero eight points per possession against Purdue, which is for people who don't know, that's a pretty it's a pretty solid number. That was the second highest amount that Purdue has let up all year, and yeah. um, you know, so that kind of goes to your point. I think they are a good defensive team, but there's also something to be said about. Again, having that cohes- cohesiveness and um, the confidence that this that this Purdue team has, there's something to be said about expecting to win games and what that does for you. Come, you know, crunch time when it's time to make big plays. When you have, and and we've had this too, like Spike, we've had this with some of our Michigan teams. When you come into a game expecting to win you're not as phased when, you know, the other team goes on a big run or hits a big shot because in the back of your mind, you still have that belief and confidence that no matter what you guys are going to do, everything you need to do to put yourselves in a position to win. And I think that's one of the qualities this Purdue team has. Um, And even though, again, Michigan, I think Michigan played a, a pretty decent game and again, they're at home. So they had a little bit of an advantage there. Um, it just it just you could just tell it wasn't going to be enough against this team. And I think that run, that 15-0 run that they went on was kind of like the game changer where Michigan was never able to really come kind of come back after that.
1: For sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm curious on the flip side what you think of the young guards for Michigan. Obviously, Jet is just killing it offensively. Um Kobe is in his first huge major role here after his freshman year last year, and Doug being Thrown in fire right away, trying to lead a Big Ten team. You know what do you see from those guys? Because they're a little different. I think they're solid. They're they're trying to you know utilize their talent more than I think it's like staying solid. So it's kind of a little more up and down. But what do you like or dislike from, from the young
1: Michigan guys? Yeah, I I mean they're definitely talented. Like I think I think Michigan's got a talented group, um, and I really like the way that they played versus Purdue. in in that game I I thought they gave him a a great game obviously without Jet they were at a disadvantage um but I think like the biggest thing with with them across the board and in their guards in particular is just like just the inconsistency um like that's that's huge when you got guys playing you know 30 minutes a game and and you just don't really know what you're going to get um and obviously it's it's easier to play at home right like when they they played Purdue is at home, so you got the crowd behind you. Um, but, like, I was just looking back at stats over the last three or four games, and I just think it's hard to win in the Big Ten when, you know, you got guys playing 30 minutes a game, and, like, one one game they're going to – they give you two or three points or, or, or four points, and then, you know, the next game they have, you know, 15, 16, 17. Like, there just has to be some consistency from, you know, your second, third, and fourth guy. Like, right now it's just – it's Hunter. You know what you're getting with Hunter um, he's rock solid and, and Jets obviously crazy talented. And I I think he can, he can score a lot of points. Um, but I think even at times, like he's kind of, you know, he kind of floats around and and goes through like stretches where he, he's in, you know, invisible per se. Um, and I just think like if those guys could be, you know, a little more, a little more solid and just consistent and like not you know, right now I feel like they're just riding the highs and lows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just – that's not a recipe for success in the Big Ten, man. It's just tough. And the Big Ten is not even that good this year, for for being completely yeah. honest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we talked about it last episode. It's just yeah. not, not really overall just kind of garbage to watch some of these games. But yeah, if you – from a point guard to point guard, this is a question from somebody on Twitter. Um, your advice for a guy like Doug – being thrown in there, trying to lead a team, trying to stay solid. And you know how it is, like, yeah, I want to showcase my talent, but I also want to, like, be solid and lead a team. I think you see Braden Smith, I mean, I think it's perpetual stat line of, like, four for seven, ten points. And you know he's going to be that. He's not going to do too much. He's not going to do too little. He's just going to be solid. Um, I think Doug's situation is, you know, more difficult maybe. I don't know, but it's just a little different.
1: What, what, What advice would you give to Doug in that kind of situation? Yeah, no, for sure, man, and I'm I'm glad you brought up the the Braden Smith, you know, comment. First of all, like two different teams, so like I think he's got different weapons around him, which makes it a little bit easier. And that kid's a stud, by the way. Um, yeah, but like he had, I think he had two points yesterday for Purdue, and they won by whatever. And he just completely controlled the game. So that's like that's what I would say to to Doug is like, you know, don't get don't get caught up in you know, like your individual performance and like, you know, points, you think you got to do this, think you got to do that. Like as a point guard, like your most important job is winning. Like I I took a ton of pride, you know, as a point guard at every level. Like the only thing I cared about was winning. Like I I didn't care if I scored 25 or two. Like if we won, that's all that mattered. And I think like he needs to go out there and he needs to control the game, control the tempo. Like sometimes we get a little sporadic. It looks like he gets sped up, things like that. Like control the game. You're the quarterback of the floor. And, like, you're managing the game. Like, I think – that's a skill, by the way. Like, that's that's something you can learn to do really well, and it doesn't take any talent. Like, I was the least athletic, slowest dude on the floor most of the time. And, like – but you can control those things and, you know, get dudes in the right spots and, and help make your teammates better because when, when other guys are flowing and they're feeling good and, like, they're playing well, like, that raises the confidence of the whole team. And then he can kind of get going too. But –
2: You know, you know, I think is is one of the biggest issues for for Doug um, at this point. And I I really I really only discovered this now when I was thinking about it. But when I compare, for example, like Spike, when you were playing as a freshman, sometimes, you know, even for that that Louisville game, you were kind of thrown in there. And, you know, whether Trey was in foul trouble or whatever it is, you were thrown in there and, and playing big minutes, some games taking on huge responsibility and I feel like the difference was for you. First of all, you're a different player than him. But second of all, you had, you know, Tim, you had Trey, you had, you know, Glenn, you had Mitch, you had myself, you know, Karis, like there's all these weapons that you had, you know, to go to. And we all had these specific roles. And so for you, there there wasn't this pressure to come out and be like, oh, I got to score. The problem with this team is that other than Jet and Hunter, they don't really have like great scoring talent. And so for Doug, a lot of times it's not his fault. He comes in with the mentality, like I need to make plays. I need to make things happen. And it's, this isn't high school basketball anymore where you could just go one one on one and go down the lane and make something happen. Like these defenses are loaded up, you know, there's scouting reports, there's game planning that goes into all this stuff. So it's not going to, it's not going to be as easy anymore. And I think that's the hardest adjustment for him is he doesn't have the same weapons on his team to open things up and I think he somewhat feels this pressure like I got to be the difference maker which in some ways he does you know this team is desperately they desperately need you know someone like him to kind of step up and control the pace and tempo of the game um but I they I mean this is a classic example against Purdue like they just they have no depth with Jet out it was just so Uh apparent they had no depth and I think I had it here like when, for the six minutes that Isaiah Barnes was in the game, he was a minus seven. You know, the 16 minutes that Shutter was in the game, he was a minus ten. Jace, eight minutes, minus ten. Like, they were forced to go down into their bench, and they just they have they have no solid, consistent play. And I think that's 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 the hard, that's the biggest issue for this team, and that's kind of the biggest issue for Doug. Um, at least that's how I feel. I don't know what you guys think about that, but that's kind of what's what stood out to me. I mean, having that, like, I think of Trey Burke's freshman year,
0: and he averaged 15 and, I don't know, four assists or something, and just an incredible year. But he had – I could – not to toot my own horn, but, like, I could direct the offense and the defense and be, like, beeline out on the floor, and Trey didn't have to worry about that. We literally was like, just give Trey the ball, let him go be talented, and then we'll figure out the rest. And this team doesn't quite have that. So there's a lot in – you mentioned it, Spike, and you know from experience, like it's really tough to be a floor general and then have to showcase your talent and have to worry about all these things when there's not like a cohesive flow of everything. And this team is fighting uphill battle. I mean, they didn't have Jet in that yeah. game. They had to go deep in the bench. They lost Jalen. Um, I think Doug could have really developed with Jalen still being on the team. So there's just a lot of moving pieces here. I think they are fighting an uphill battle. It's kind of silent. I mean, I don't know if we give them enough credit for what they're dealing with. From a roster standpoint, injuries, um, you know, losing Frankie Collins last year, stuff like that, where it is a really difficult situation. But all you see is, oh, they lost again and they look bad. Now, there's a lot of things we can be critical of from a team standpoint, like performance, but college basketball ain't easy. I think we all we all know that. I feel like we empathize with that uh, quite a bit in all these situations. That's why we can appreciate it the solidness of, of a team like Purdue
1: and, you know, both sides of it really. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And I mean, I, I still think like, like Michigan has enough talent. Yeah. You know, what are, what are we right now? 11 and 10. Does that sound right? Right around there? Uh, A little quick fact check.
2: 11. Yes. I think it's, I think it's something like that.
1: Something like that. Like, right. I mean, it's obviously not great. Yeah. 11 and 10. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like still have enough talent to like get things turned around and you know run off a a few games in a row here you know i think like I, I don't think they're the most the most skilled team and like they don't shoot the ball exceptionally well but like if they can kind of find their identity in this last you know month of the season what shaking his head but like you know what i'm saying like they like what what are like i don't know i watch michigan play and i'm just i don't really know like what the brand of basketball is and I'm not knocking anything like it's it's been tough you've had injuries I'm sure they didn't expect you know Caleb Houston and, and Diallo to, to bounce after one year you know like I don't know like that certainly hurt them but at the end of the day it oh, doesn't yeah. matter like you got to you got to be able to reload and adjust and win games regardless you know um I just I think they're going to have a hard time obviously I'm still rooting for them and you know it seems like a great great group of kids but uh mm-hmm. it, it's going to be hard here like the last you know, month or so, if they want to get things turned around, you know, they got to buy in and, and do something.
2: Yes. But you, you, have been, you, every week we've been like trying to be positive every week. We're yeah. like scooping together all the positive facts we can we're like, wait, but there, there's still a chance because they're doing this yeah. well. And like Jace is shoot, I mean, uh, judge shooting it so well. And, and Hunter's, I mean, We're always trying to like piece together some form of positivity. And this was the week for me where I'm like, they're not, they're just, I love them and I'm rooting for them. They're not making a tournament. They're not a good team. Like it's just individually they, again, Jet is a great player. He's probably going to be a lottery pick. Hunter, great player, can put up 25 and 10 in his sleep. They do some great things individually, but collectively as a unit, it just it doesn't work. And the frustrating thing is, they've had so many games like this where they've had opportunities to have big time wins, whether it's been like Virginia or Purdue. Like they've had opportunities where they're in games, they show they can compete with the the upper tier teams, and they all, they just have like a bunch of losses against good teams where they were close. They have no victories on their schedule that that you can like sit on at the end of the year and be like yeah that that counts for something and so that's that's the reason at this point of the year you either you are what you are you either have it or you don't and unfortunately for this team with the pieces they have i just feel like you know use this year to continue developing your guys and get better but like you're not they're not making a run i'm convinced i hope they prove me wrong but i'm I'm convinced it's just not happening for them
0: there there was a comment uh quote from juan after the game he opened up the presser i think it was opened up the presser saying that that was on him he didn't have the guys prepared um and that penn state had three days to prepare for michigan and it showed but it and he said that he took full responsibility for for that I, but it doesn't seem like a game planning thing as much as like the of like Okay, that's just a typical ball screen defense. Like you should have known that from week one. Like this should be something you're repping all the time. Like you say with Painter, like they rep that five on zero the sets all the time, so they're sharp. And I think maybe that's that's missing from here because I mean you got to. I feel like we all agree here. We developed the habits that we implemented in the game from like tirelessly doing them in practice and being so annoyed from them by doing them over and over and over again. And it was like in game 21, you're not missing a rotation from the weak side. Like it's just not going to happen because that should be, you should know like at the very least, it, maybe if it's not subconscious, you're consciously thinking like, don't get in trouble. Don't get yelled at in film. Don't get yelled at. Go, I, I got to be here. Like I made that mistake two possessions ago, but it like it's like these repetitive things. That I think a young team is dealing with, but also, you know, I feel like this is the first time Juwan's like kind of dealt with this where he's had a lot of talent and like that, that, that team with uh, Franz and livers, like they were so good defensively. Like you just rolled the ball out with them and they figured it out last year. They had a lot of talent to make up for their mistakes. And I feel like this year is like a big coaching lesson for Juwan.
1: I don't know how you guys see that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. And I think, I think the presser, you know, comment that you're referring to. I think that's just Joanne being a good dude in like, yeah. you know, taking the taking the fall for his guys, like, which I respect. You know, because some of these some of these clowns would be like quick to, to throw their team under the bus, and it's like plenty, <laughs> okay. Like I, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and there's a time and a place for that. Like, you know, there's certainly times where like your players need that, but like I think that's just him being a, a good dude. Um, I mean, like you said, you're 21 games in. Like they just played Penn State what was it two weeks ago week something mm-hmm. yeah and beat them at home oh, um looked really good and like I just think that's going on the road like that's an example of a team that's like not not really good like I think the teams who go on the road who aren't very good like get exposed because it's a little bit easier to play at home mm-hmm. kind of like you get a little bit of that front runner mentality like obviously we've all kind of been there when things are going good and you got the crowd behind you like that certainly helps um but I've I mean I, I wish I, I haven't been to a Michigan practice since Juwan's been there, but like I've heard he's a great coach and, and, and super sharp, like in practice with the X's and O's and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm sure he, I'm sure they're covering that. Like at some point if if my man like can't get up and, and call the right coverage on a ball screen and you're twenty-one games in, or, or if you can't be at the midline when the ball's on the outer third, like that's not a Juwan thing to me. Like I don't I don't know. Like like what do you do? I mean, and it's not like he could just go to his go to the next guy like you're kind of now, stuck we try and say
0: like on this podcast we can speculate all we want we're not in the huddle we're not in the film room we're not in yeah. practice so we can't say like who's at fault here but the bottom line is you got to take responsibility for yourself
2: and yeah. but there's
0: a learning curve with that right like i mean freshmen like us as freshmen i feel like spike you're on a really good team so, you know, it wasn't as glaring or like behind would just yank your ass. Right. You'd be like, all right, get Spike yeah. out of there. Put Trey back in the national yeah. player of the thank, year. Thank, thank God. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's different good. that way. Like, yeah. It's, it's uh, so, you know, it's tough. I mean, I hate I get so pissed watching because I feel like they have such talent. And then I turn to the empathetic side of myself and I'm like, yeah, it's just a tough spot. Like I've been there, man. That shit is not
1: easy. Dude, and just to like piggyback off of that, because I, I feel bad, like even just being on this podcast, I feel like we're like dogging them. Like, that, I don't, like right. it's not like that. Like love these dudes, like want to see them all succeed and, and have a great year. And like I said, I, they all seem like great kids. I know Juwan's a great dude, but you hit it right up. Like, dude, it's hard to win. Like college basketball is hard. And I think they're getting a little bit of a taste of that this year. And like, <clears throat> who am I to talk? Like we were awesome freshman, sophomore year, and then all of our NBA guys left my junior year, we got our heads beat in. Like we lost to NJIT. We lost to Eastern Michigan. So like everything they're experiencing, like I've, I've been there, done that. And it sucks. And you just you're like, gosh, like what can we do? And it's just like, sometimes I don't know, like my junior year, I look back and we just weren't good enough. Like we just didn't have good enough players. And sure there's things we could have done better and whatnot. Like we had injuries as well, but like there were games, we just went out onto the court and I was like, yeah, like we're not as good as that team. You know, it's like, we're going to have to pull some shit out of our ass to beat these guys. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like it just, it is what it is. And that's like the reality of it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm curious um, before
0: we get into some future topics, talking about Purdue in the tournament and then uh, Michigan's outlook. I was talking with my buddy, uh, Daniel Moore, shout out to Daniel. He played at IU and uh, he had Crane, and I had despise crane. And I thought he was just a, not a good person. So we always talk about coaching in the big 10, but he was asking me like other big 10 coaches, you know, do I like Izzo, um, blah, blah, blah down the line. But he said that his favorite coach, and this was an interesting take. He said, I would always listen to the opposing coach talk to the players and just see how they, how they were. Cause basically he was dealing with crane, who was, you know, constantly braiding him all the time. He's like, how do other coaches talk to kids? And he said that Painter was the most real guy of any coach he ever played against. He'd be like, yo, Blue Jack, like we practiced this like all the last three days. What the hell are you doing? Like, get out there. And, and then like, but like they would receive that well. He seemed like a very down to earth guy. And I thought I didn't like him for like my entire time at Michigan. But the more I hear about him, the
1: more it seems like that. Did you? Was that your vibe when you were there? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and it's kind of weird that you said that because, like, that's what everyone told me too, man. When I was looking for where I was going to go my fifth year and, like, Purdue was in the mix, he must have been, like, a crazy person, like, 10 or 15 years ago because everybody's <laughs> like, hey, man, like, dude, I heard Coach Paints, nuts. Like, I don't know if, you, <laughs> if you're if you going to want to go there. Like, he's crazy. And I was like, really? I was like, he seems pretty cool. Like, my official yeah. visit was awesome. He seems like a great dude. And he does. He keeps it real. Like, his big thing is, like, like, hey, I'm gonna treat you like an adult. You know, I mean, when I was there, I was 50 or I was 23 years old, and he, like, you know, I'm a grown man, and, and he just like, he's like, I'm never gonna lie to you, you know, and th- and that's what I respected him for. Like, you know, he sometimes it ain't always pretty, but like he wouldn't, he wouldn't like, you know, embarrass you or humiliate you and like try to degrade you in front of your teammates, but he would just tell you straight up, like, you know, what you need to do, or if you're if you're out there, you know, bullshitting, and whatever it is, but he's. I mean, he's a he's got that calm, cool, that cool, calm demeanor, and he's just mm-hmm. a really good he's a really good person. Like, I I love Coach Payne. He's cool. He's funnier than heck, um, and he's obviously he's a really good coach. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's uh, I mean, if he wants to, I feel like he's got some top ten wins records to go for. Like, he's for sure. he's going to be up there. He's got a long ways to go because man, it takes a long time to do it. But he's been mm-hmm. impressive. Um, but let's let's move forward. Let's get into some future stuff. Michigan's next couple of games and Purdue in the tournament. Let's talk that. Let's get into the scouting report. Michigan, so what is it? 10, 11 games left. They got Northwestern who they beat um, coming up at Northwestern and then Ohio State at home. They haven't played Ohio State yet. But obviously you're going to say, like, just win. Like, I don't know. You got to figure out a way to win. But if you put yourself in their situation – whether you're on the team as the eighth man or the starting point guard, you know, what are you focusing on as a player? Um, And then the outside of that is like, what are you excited about with this team, with any of this talent going forward? You know, you don't know what's going to happen with Hunter and Jet going into the NBA, but like Doug, Kobe, Terrace Reed, Cheddar, all those guys, you know, from an inside outside perspective, you know, how how are you looking at this team in the next couple of games and in the future?
1: Is this me or Stowski? Are we? Hey, whoever wants it. Who wants it? Spizzy. Go okay. ahead, man. Um, no, I mean, I uh I think the North just the next game, you said it's at Northwestern. Yeah. Right. Like that's gonna be a tough game. Northwestern yeah. is, I mean, veteran. Again, I don't think yeah, veteran. They got a bunch of like 23, 24 year olds, man. Like, feels like they've been there for six, seven years, like boo booy and stuff. God. Um, but like it's a it's a perfect storm for Northwestern. They got old dudes. I think the big Ten's a little bit down. Like they're, they're having a pretty good season. Right. And then I think just going on the road, man, like for, for Michigan, if they want to get a win, like they're going to have to go in and out compete them. Like you're going to have to play harder than them. Like, I think Michigan has to do that every game from here on out. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't think they're good enough to go in and just like, we're going to check up, roll the balls out and see what happens. Like they're going to have to get nasty and like, be some junkyard dogs if, if they want to go and start winning some games yeah um and then I think like the the big thing the two big things right like you got to take care of the ball you can't you know turn the ball over 15 16 times especially on the road like those are just absolute killers um and then they got to be rock solid defensively like whatever that looks like I don't know like percentages numbers whatever um they they gotta be good defensively because I don't think they're gonna go in and like outscore people per se like i just don't think they have enough firepower to do that um so i think you know they may have to to like tighten tighten it up a little bit muck it up and out outwork some dudes i,
2: th- I think they're at this point there needs to be just like a huge sense of urgency because i think this upcoming week it's like it, i don't know me personally i almost feel like if you don't win both of these games it's if you lose one of these games I just feel like your season's somewhat done um, in terms of being able to make the tournament. Like they, they, first of all, I think Minnesota at Minnesota is their only road win they have, they have all year. So, I mean, picking up a, a road win at Northwestern would be huge for them. And then, you know, if you can beat Ohio state at home, you know, set aside, even just like the rivalry of that game, just like getting a quality win under your belt. Like they don't, like I said, they don't have any quality wins. So if I'm any of these guys on the team, it's like, you need to have that, that gut check. That's, you know, you need to look in the mirror and be like, if we don't figure it out right now, we're not figuring out this year. So I don't care if you're going to come out making mistakes, at least do it with a sense of urgency and play and play your ass off, play as hard as you physically can, because if you don't, time is running out for you. Like that's that's yeah. that's all I got for these guys.
1: I think both super winnable games too. Yeah. Like I don't think either team is is very good. Like yeah, that's the thing. They're always you know within arms' reach of it, for sure.
0: Yeah. So. It's um, I don't know. We'll see. It's uh, I think like we said, the Big Ten's down. That Big Ten tournament is right for the taking. Like if you get hot for, sure. for four games, you can go get it. Like we've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Plenty of times. So they have the talent and when talent can I can win you some some games in in March, and especially in the Big Ten tournament with other teams are like, yeah, we're we're all right. We're chill. Like somebody knows they're in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did not care about the Big Ten tournament. So it's yeah. um, I hope they do come out with that urgency. I think coming off of a Purdue loss at Penn State, like you're deflated. You really got close. And then Penn State just knocks you in the mouth right away. Like, they're just sharp the entire time. And then you're just like, God, what did we just get into? We weren't – we didn't come ready. So, compile by each other. But, yeah, sense of urgency is number one. No matter how you execute, I think that's, that could shore up a lot of issues, a lot of Band-Aids. Uh, that, could, that could be like a quick Band-Aid for them. In terms of Purdue, everyone's talking, right? They've been a number one seed. They, they're going for that Final Four. They really want it. They've been close. I got my doubts. I keep ribbing my friends, like all my Purdue friends in Indy. Like, yeah, yeah, good luck when you get that uh, second round exit when you play whoever it is. (laughs) Like Central Michigan, doesn't matter. Do you think that this team has it? Like, I know predictions are dumb. I hate predictions. This is not like get up in the morning. But I mean, it seems like, you know, with how solid this team is, is they got their
1: best shot. Are you believing in them for Final Four run? Yeah, I mean, I I think they... You know, I think they have the pieces and I, I think they'll have a chance to get there. Um, I would love it for for Purdue and for Coach Paint. You know, he hasn't been able to get over that hump, so that's kinda yeah. like the one knock on him. Um, but dude, it's like you said, it's so hard to make predictions. Like, especially in the NCAA tournament, there's so much luck involved in like the draw and it's matchups. And I like to think that they can. I think they're good enough, but dude, anything could happen, you know. Like the Big Ten is an absolute slugfest, like the way that, that we officiate and let these guys beat the crap out of each other. Dude, <laughs> if they get into the sweet 16, it, it's crazy, by the way. I mean, the Michigan State yeah. game, it was tackle football yesterday. I was like, my back was like literally hurting just watching. Like, I can't believe I used to do this. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, But like, who knows, man? If they get, you know, like an officiating crew who is calling it tight and like Zach picks up a quick, a quick two or three fouls. Like, dude, that changes everything in the NCAA tournament, as you guys know. So like, Shit can happen. I think they're good enough because of Big Zach. He's amazing. He's so dominant. And then they got really good guard play. But at the same time, and it's hard. It gets super hard. And there's there's some really good teams. I think like the margin of error. You know, I don't think anyone's. It's not like Purdue's that much better than anybody else. I think they're playing really really well. They're obviously feeling themselves. Got a lot of confidence. So I think they can. But you just dude, shit, anything can happen. Isn't it wild that like
0: beeline we judge coaches off of the the minimum like very small margins in the nsa tournament like he's a jordan Poole buzzer beater away from like not being lauded as such a legend in the coaching world when like he's the exact same coach that he was before and after that it's just wild to me like these wins and losses are tough man and the way you get there it, it can just be a total crap shoot um but I mean that's how we judge it. Like that's just how we look at people and I think I think Painter just gotta get there, man. He's just gotta figure out a way and
1: it's a good shot. Yeah. No, and I mean, just to like build off of that, you said the Jordan Poole thing, right? So like obviously that went Michigan's way. When Purdue lost to Virginia in the Elite Eight, what was it, three or four years ago, whenever it was, and that dude like hit they missed a free throw on purpose, got it, went to the backcourt, they threw it to the front court. Like Come on. You're telling me that's Pain's fault? Like that's just that's just bad luck, dude. Yeah. And he handled it like an absolute pro where I was I was losing my mind watching it and I was like, I probably would have killed somebody if I was coaching. (laughs) You know, but it's just like in that locker room after. Yeah. I mean, he's a great coach, but it's just like stuff like that happens. And then, you know, like you said, they they hold that over your head and it's like, oh, he's he's not any good. He hasn't been to a final four. It's like phew. Yeah, sliding. piss off. That I hate when people say like not a yeah. good coach. Like that
0: isn't that's not what that means. You're not in that <laughs> locker room, you're not in that huddle. You don't know what that means. No, for sure. All right, before we get out of here, we're going to finish up with Word on Campus. So, it's an interesting article that came out and I don't even know who wrote it. Uh, Big Game on Big Game Boomer on Twitter. But basically it said that <laughs> These are the college programs, the fan bases that should never storm the court. And you got your Arizona's, Kentucky, IU, UCLA, Duke, UNC, um, Kansas. I say Kansas, UConn, Michigan State, Villanova, Syracuse, Arkansas, Louisville, Oklahoma State of all teams, don't know why, and Michigan. And so we we, we put it in the, our um, podcast group chat before, and Nick didn't agree with that, but I, I kind of do. I, like, Do you think that... I feel like that's like good company to be in. And I never really liked storm the court. Even when we beat like Duke at home and Novak had a huge game and everyone's storming past us. I never liked it. Like, do you think that we're above that? Like Michigan's above that? Or do you like screw it? Like let them have fun?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's college kids. Like you got to let them have fun. I, I think they, they enjoy that. That's what makes like college sports great. But I'll say this, like, I don't think as a player you don't want to be on a team where, like, they're, hell they're no. storming the court. Because I'm like, damn, that means, like, they're surprised one, won. You know? I, like, I remember, yeah. dude, so I was at – when I was at Purdue last year, we went to Michigan. Michigan smacked us. And Michigan stormed the court after. And I was like, what the hell? I, I was like, well, first of all, I'm like, this is just crazy. That? Like, how about this? Just poetic justice. But they're storming the court, and me and Sandman were looking at each other, and he's like, "Can you believe they're storming the court right now?" And I'm just like, "Yeah," because I don't know. I just think about like our years there, and like you weren't storming the court. Hell you know, people like we're storming the court against us? Like shit. How many times did people storm the court against us, Stauski?
2: Man, it was you know every it was every loss, every loss. And like the one that hurt the, the Penns the at Penn State. Oh, where's oh.
1: But here, but, he, but this, gross. This is, they were 0 and 14 in the Big Ten. I know, they but were, this they
2: not, were trash, dude. But, but they had some they bucket that. getters.
1: They had some bucket getters.
2: Yeah, and we we couldn't we couldn't defend if our life depended on it. But my no. God, we could get a bucket on that team. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but we were just—it was a race to 80s, <laughs> dude. <just> no defense. <laughs> no. Yeah, you guys were saying But this but this is my thing, though. Like, you know, take for example the Penn State. They were 0 14 that year. But then there's some years where they're going to be at the top of the Big Ten my thing is is that college college sports the turnover rate of guys leaving pro or just the four years being up and just guys getting cycled through your rosters are going to change so frequently that you will have down years and like you know you're telling me if you're oh and eight or oh and ten in the big ten and then you host number one team in the country like purdue and then you beat them on your home floor you can't storm the court like They're storming the court because they you haven't won a game all year and you beat a number one team. Like it's just I don't know. I at least I I get where you guys are coming from. I just feel like that's part that's part of college sports, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it's still legal. Yeah. I can't believe there hasn't been a
1: Stanford ban situation yet in the last few years. Dude. Last year, that kid from Rutgers, I don't know when when they knocked off Purdue. Come on, what's Ron Harper Jr., right? His son. He hit that like Euro half court shot. Mm-hmm. It was chaos. They rushed they rushed the floor and like, you're right, it's dangerous. I mean, I was there getting ready to go through a handshake, and like kids are coming by. I had this like 19 year old kid just screaming in my face. Oh. I was like, just th- throwing fireball shooters at you, bro. <laughs> I was like I was like, what is happening right now? Like yeah, now no, kids I just, can like hit stay in the head with a fireball shooter game. <laughs> Like, you got any more of those, bud? Like <laughs> taking <laughs> them on the plane. I got a pockets right here. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. But I
0: I mean it was crazy. Totally. Yeah. That's wild. I can see it though from a fan standpoint. Like you gotta have them tuned in, even with a bad team. So let them, let them storm the For court. Sure. Let them like stay a part of the program any way they can. But I am a party yeah. pooper when it comes to that. Like if you I hated it. I find it embarrassing every time. We well, only I think we only had it once. We beat Duke my freshman year. <laughs> But uh yeah, hey, Spike, you should ask Snoopy about that game. That was that was Novak's coming out party. But I'm was, sure he'll tell me yeah. all about it. <laughs> how great he was. Uh but yeah, no, this sure. was uh this is a lot of fun. We're gonna have to report back, uh maybe get like a Twitter live situation, Nick, with Spike and maybe Novak in there. Mm-hmm. We won't I, we won't um disclose how many drinks deep we are by the time we get into that but uh yeah. we'll have a nice reunion it'll be a first time in a long time so we'll definitely have some reports back on that but spike man we appreciate you coming on uh you were amazing yeah. you're you're welcome back on anytime you want so i appreciate you thank you no for sure i appreciate you guys man this was fun yep yep everyone go follow us on twitter um i'm, I'm blanking here where, where am i at nick beyond the big 10 oh yeah
2: yeah at beyond the big one zero right thank
0: you every time i come up to this at the end i'm like just blanket at you guys are on it, Ten. <laughs> yeah 10 is one zero find us on youtube twitter instagram send us your questions we appreciate you guys sending questions into spike we'll have those clipped up for you um yep yeah, we'll be back next week to break down the games until next time see everybody
1: Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni,
0: aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.